This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU falling to Kansas by a score of 38-27. Let's get to our Waystar star of the game. Waystar, simplifying healthcare payments. Learn more at waystar.com. And uh, coming back into a place that has uh, a lot of meaning in the Lassiter family name, Darius Lassiter is our Waystar star of the game. Darius's dad, Kwame, uh, played here at Kansas. Uh, brother Quinton currently plays here at Kansas. Kwame Jr. played here at Kansas, now with the Bengals. And Darius comes in and leads BYU in receptions, second in receiving yards, and had a touchdown, 8 for 84 and a score. Darius Lassiter is the Waystar star of the game. Brought to you by Waystar, simplifying healthcare payments. Learn more at waystar.com. We also have another award. It goes to our Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game. Brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. Palmer's Metal Mart, the source for metal roofing and siding. When you buy from Palmer's Metal Mart, you buy from the manufacturer direct, and you save money. Hans Olsen, who do you like? as a Metal Mart steel man of the game. Well, the steel man needs to be a guy that's near perfect, and the guy that was the really only perfect player for BYU through this game was Will Farron, the kicker. Goes 2-2 two two on his field goal attempts, hits along at 34. He's 3-3 three three on his extra points. He was Mr. Consistency out there. and He kicked, it, he kicked off well? It, it kicked off well. If, if anybody was going to keep you in this game, Will Farron's perfection in the kicking game was keeping you there. I think that he's one of the most underrated transfer aspects of this team right now. And Will Farron down the line could potentially help you to some big wins. I, I just liked his confidence. I liked his field goals. I liked how he was just still in his nerves and kicked everyone he, he, he attempted. All right, those are the Waystar Star of the Game and Palmer's Metal Mart Award winners for today. More coverage continuing after this on Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium here in Lawrence. BYU Post Game coverage in a game the Jayhawks win 38 27. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. BYU falls by 11 today. Uh, Things BYU had been doing well, that they continued to do well, score when they had chances to score. BYU 5 for 5 in the red zone today. And they're now 15 for 15 on the year in the red zone. Can't do any better than that. And that was That's a positive nice. for BYU. Uh, the Cougs equaled uh, Kansas in first downs today, but had 14 in the first half, just nine after halftime. BYU threw the ball well, uh, 357 yards passing. And for BYU, that's a new season high, a new single-game season high, and highest against an FBS opponent by far. But again, hands uh, the inability to run the football was a storyline. BYU's rush totals for the season. Here we go. Sam Houston, 112. On 34 carries, so not a great yard per carry number, less than four. So 112, 46 yards on the ground against an FCS opponent, 77 at Arkansas, and nine yards today at Kansas. And I really thought today would be the day that the ground game got going. L.J. Martin's first two carries, seven yards, five yards. 
Kansas came into the game averaging around four yards per carry allowed, and BYU ends up at 0.4 yards per carry on the day. Well, I'm not going to... There's been a lot of what, uh, you know, Southern Utah was doing defensively and and maybe even what Arkansas was doing defensively to make sure that the run wasn't going. But I've seen enough five, enough six-man box to know that you can double-team, you can H-back motion, you can get your numbers game going, you can block up, and you can get running. So something feels really broken. And it. I'm sure it's frustrating in the series of a game when you feel like your run game is not available and now you've got to go away from your run game and Kansas knows it and they start jumping routes and knocking balls in the air and grabbing interceptions. I'm sure that that is a a desperate, horrible feeling, but this run game right now is broken. And I don't know the details on Aiden Robbins and where he's at with his health, but LJ Martin did not have that spark and snap for some of the carries and he was getting hit in the backfield too so it just feels like it's a mix of bad things going on right now in the run game greg grubel hands olsen here in the booth we'll head to field level shortly and hear from byu players and coach kalani sitake when we come back we'll take a look around the big 12 scoreboard wise it's 38 27 final ku over byu on the new skin byu sports network Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium here in Lawrence. Jayhawks defeat BYU by a final score of 38-27 to here today. A.J. Vonkpachan, really nice player for BYU today as he has five solo stops among his seven tackles, had one and a half tackles for loss, and A.J.'s popped the headset on down at field level. A.J., thanks for joining Greg and Hans here for a minute or two. We appreciate you. Uh, man, at halftime, you guys had to feel like we're doing the things we need to do to, to win the football game. Maybe discuss the, the final 30 minutes uh, with us and, and how you saw it. Yeah, you know, it's a tough one. You know, we got to come out better, and, you know, we got we to start fast and ultimately just, you know, execute, you know, uh, communicate and make sure we're all on, this, all on the same page um, for four quarters. A.J., I know that there was a lot of rotation there at linebacker, too. You saw Max Tooley was on the sideline for a bit, Ben Bywater on the sideline for a bit. It, it, how much does that play a factor when you're going through different safeties? And, and when we saw that Eddie Heckard wasn't on the field at times in the final 30 minutes. How much does that play a factor in what's going on defensively? You know, I mean, those guys are great players, and, you know, obviously it does. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we need to do a better job of just, you know, filling in and make sure there's no drop-off, you know, regardless of who's in there. And, you know, i got to do a better job of getting those guys right as well. So, you know, that's just a, just a defensive uh, effort as well. How do you feel that uh, Kansas, in terms of an offense, stacked up to what you've seen so far this season? Yeah, you know, they are uh, they were pretty good. You know, they did a good job of just, um, you know, credit to them, just making us, uh, you know, have to really truly over-communicate and, you know, just get the ball to their playmakers. So, you know, credit to them. So when they made their adjustments back to the run game, A.J., what were they doing differently to really get that run game going there at the middle of the back end of the third quarter? Yeah, honestly, they weren't doing nothing too crazy. You know, they kind of just kept consist- consistency, and, you know, we got to do a better job of, like I said, communicating, making sure that we're doing our, our job, our 111th, not, not trying to do too much. 
Well, you've helped kick off BYU's Big 12 era. Now you get to come back and, and have a home opener in the Big 12, which will be a special night, too. Your thoughts on bouncing back on a short week, AJ? Yes, yeah, sir, we have to, and, you know, the guys are ready to go. You know, I've just seen the the mood and just everyone's, everyone's attitude. They're just ready to go and ready to kick off the short week. AJ, thanks for the time. Safe travels. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All right. That is AJ Vonkpachon. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. If tailgating is not your thing, but you still want to eat good after the game, JCW's has mouthwatering burgers and shakes the whole family can enjoy. JCW's quality and a lot of it. More from Lawrence after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with more Cougar post-game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, BYU won the first half 17-14. KU with a 24-10 second half wins the game 38-27 in both teams' Big 12 opener. Welcome back to Big O Tires, Cougar post-game live. Greg and Hans upstairs, and uh, Isaac Rex now joining us from field level. Isaac, thank you for joining us for a minute or two. Um, you look back on the 60 minutes you just played, and uh, what's, a, what's a, t- a top of mind summary uh, in your words? Yeah, just self-inflicted wounds. I'm, uh, you know, I'll take credit for that second. Um, the second interception, I, I can't tip the ball up. You know, I just got to, you know, either bat it down if it's, you know, coming hot or if it's, uh, you know, I got to reach out and try to get two hands on that. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take uh, responsibility for that. That's that's my fault. But, yeah, I mean, self-inflicted wounds on, you know, uh, turnovers. And we gave them 14 points. And, you know, we would have, if we didn't do that, you know, we would have had enough points to win the game. And I know our defense would have stopped them even more time. So it's, uh, yeah, that's uh, our fault as an offense and, and me. You know, Isaac, there's something really unique and different about this year as opposed to years past. When that first loss of the season comes, this is not doom and gloom. This is not the end of the season. This isn't we don't have anything to play for. How nice does it feel to be in conference play and know that next week counts as much if not more than this week yeah i mean that's the great thing about being in the big 12 and we're so grateful that we're in this conference you know it's it stings to lose a game but there's 12 uh, guaranteed games and every week you got to go out and play your best and you you gotta you know try your hardest and the coaches have been preparing us so well for uh, these games you know we want to play our best for them and and our fans our fans were amazing tonight so uh, we can't be more you know grateful that we're in the big 12 and you know we get to have more opportunities like today to you know show what we got well it's exciting I, I i'm really excited just moving forward knowing that there's so much more to play for isaac would you just kind of walk me through and help me understand there was another illegal touching uh, fourth game in a row and and i'm i look i've played the game a lot of years and i just i i'm not real familiar with what's going on with the illegal touching can you kind of walk me through what happened there yeah just too many guys on the ball I, again so um you know i was on the ball um, and then another receiver was on the ball, so we got to figure that out if it was going to be off. Um, and just, yeah, that's how it happened. All right, you're in a league now that uh, means you get to follow scoreboards and watch standings and be playing for things every week. And you got to be in a sold-out stadium for BYU's first Big 12 game ever. Can you maybe just reflect for a moment on, on the magnitude of it, the vibe you felt, what it felt like to be in a packed stadium on a Saturday afternoon for a league game after so much time for BYU? Yeah, Kansas was a, they're amazing. They're a, a great team, but also a great fan base. They're, you know, they were loud. They were into it. Um, yeah, hats off to Kansas. They played a really good game today. And also their fans were, you know, awesome. They were uh, sold out and they were rowdy and they were, 
you know, fun to play in front of. So, yeah, I'm excited to have more, you know, venues similar to uh, what we experienced today. You just played back-to-back away games. Now you get to return to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for what will be an also special night, a home opener for you on Friday night on a short week. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's exciting, man. It's, uh, you know, going back to Lavelle is always fun. I know our crowd is going to be crazy, and they were great today in Kansas also. Our crowd was awesome. Um, and so BYU travels well, but to, you know, have a home game uh, is going to be really fun, and uh, we're really excited to, you know, uh, play in front of our fans again. Isaac, thanks as always for the time. Best of luck, safe travels, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Isaac. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, that's Isaac Rex. BYU falls to Kansas today, 38-27. We'll hear from Darius Lassiter. As we continue our coverage on Big O Tires Cougar Postgame Live, live from Lawrence on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. All right, the first full day of play in the Big 12. A lot of conference games on tap. We'll get to some of those scores after we get back down to field level. And what a special day it was for the Lassiter family. The whole family got to enjoy what was happening today. Only one team gets to enjoy the result, but still a special afternoon uh, for Darius Lassiter and his family. And uh, Darius pops on the headset at field level. Greg Rubel, Hans Olsen upstairs, Darius down on the field. Darius, thanks for taking a minute. We appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, you know, I I guess the the phrase is mixed emotions and bittersweet. All that things kind of come to the table in a moment like this because you lose the football game, but you played so well individually and, and made it a special moment for your family and for you personally. Can you encapsulate the emotions you just went through in the last three hours plus uh yes sir uh it's more more so me getting the win than me getting the individual stats uh, at the end of the day um i'm glad that i i had a good game on paper but uh it's never the game that i wanted to have uh, i had a lot of missed assignments and then also having the fumble earlier too um but i just knew that i had to bounce back because it takes all 11 to win a football game uh each side of the ball um then just to be out here with family and going versus my brother, uh, it's just it's just great. Great atmosphere out here in Kansas. Um, they showed up, uh, and at the end, they came victorious. Darius today, eight catches, which is a game high. No player had more than eight catches on either team today. Targeted 11 times, made eight grabs for 84, and the score. I saw your, I guess it was your mom's shirt before the game. She had both the eight and the five going on, all kinds of colors patched out. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, uh, that was my first time actually seeing it. Uh, I thought <laughs> she was just going to do a split shirt, but once we got, once I got off the bus, I seen her with the uh, jersey. I got to give me one of those. <laughs> so I want to go back to your first reception. I saw you off the left sideline back here, and I saw you kind of get into it with your brother and kind of give him a little extra shove. Take us a little further into matching up with your brother on a Division One college football field. Yeah, uh, it's kind of something that we always dreamed of. Uh, we've kind of been on the same teams all the way uh, through childhood, all the way through high school, and uh, in JUCO as well and things like that. So uh, to actually go out there and then see him out there and then be able to go compete at a high level versus each other, it was great. Um, I was actually trying to run him over. But uh, <laughs> you kind of did. Yeah, I gotta say that. I gotta say that when we played them back in the Big Twelve Championship. Quinton, Quinton, where's your father's number eight? Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, was Kwame Junior. By the way, here at the game? Uh, no, he wasn't. He has a game. I uh, know. I, I wondered about that. If he could, if they're even allowed. I, I guess it's just not possible when you're playing on a Sunday, right? So. Yeah. No, it's not. But earlier, earlier, uh, he was able to be uh, on the sideline for one, for I think one of Quinton's games earlier. Yeah, it was uh, the first week uh, when they played in Missouri State, and then he flew out to my game after that. And we played played Sam Houston. 
Wow. Uh, so, sorry, I want to ask you, Darius, so much tie between KU and the Lassiter family. Was KU ever in the mix for you or vice versa? Uh, they had the opportunity to get me when I uh, entered the transfer portal, but uh, at the time they wanted me to walk on, and that's something I didn't plan on doing. So uh, things happened for the best. I'm glad that I'm here. I'm happy with the position that I'm in. And so... I really haven't really thought about going to KU at that into the transfer portal. Yeah, well, BYU fans and we and, and the team certainly glad to have you for sure. I was just curious about that. Hans? Hey, Darius, I'm curious on the second-half adjustments by Kansas in their corners. How much different did they play you coming out of the half than they played you in the first half, specifically on the outside press? Um, I don't I don't think they really played too much different. They, they game plan stayed the same. Um, I still was getting single coverage and things like that, and we still were getting zoned. So uh, I don't think they really had to adjust too much. Um, I, th- I guess they thought they uh, they already had to figure out and they just needed to step up more. So that's that's that. Good fight from BYU to hang in this football game. But, uh, you know, Kansas did what they needed to do with a six-and-a-half-minute drive in the fourth quarter. Mm. But it uh, felt like you guys were hanging into the end there. There's a good fight in this team, isn't there? Yeah, it is. Well, we always going to believe no matter what. Uh, it's a lot of people that – that thought we were going to lose by 14 or whatever it is, but uh, we know what we have in the locker room. Uh, we're going to regroup. Uh, we're going to watch the film, and then we're going to get ready for Cincinnati. Hey, Darius, last thing for me. I'm curious. When a guy like Parker Kingston goes out in that first offensive drive and, and, he, and he's gone, how much of a game plan goes with him? How much of the game plan kind of sits on some of the things he does? He had that throwback against Arkansas, and he's just a specialty player. How much goes out the window when he leaves the game? Yeah, uh, Parker is in a lot of the game plan this week. Uh, so just for us to lose him, it, it kind of hurt. I um, uh, hope he will be okay and ready for next week. And then, But other than that, we have guys that can step up in his position, uh, in, anybody in the room. So when we lose one, we we got to have people step up and make plays. Did you get to uh, spend a few seconds with your uh, brother on the field after the game? Yeah, I did. Uh, we actually met in, on the Jayhawk, and then uh, we kind of went down there to my mom as well. Well, again, I know you said first and foremost you're all about getting the win, and that didn't happen today, but I hope it still remains a special day in your heart as you continue. Uh, I, I thought it was great for you to get in the end zone and, and have your mom be able to enjoy it with you. And, uh, again, brighter days ahead for BYU, but congrats on on, uh, on the day and, and gl- glad to have you as part of the Cougar family. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, that's Darius Lassiter. Thanks a lot. That's Darius Lassiter on the field. We'll uh, continue with uh, Cougars postgame live. Cougar postgame live brought to you by Big O Tires. Uh, this note, uh, Ralph Sokolowski letting us know that uh, Keaton Slovis' 30 completions today It's only the second time in the Sitake era that a BYU quarterback's had 30-plus completions in a game. The only other time, Zach Wilson 31 against San Diego State back in 2019, and BYU actually lost both games. Back in, San, in uh, 2019, a 13-3 setback, and this one was 38-27. More from Lawrence after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
All right, so back in Lawrence, Kansas, David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. Kansas defeating BYU by a final score of 38-27. We'll be back down to field level. We'll hear from uh, Tyler Batty as we continue our coverage on Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Greg Grubel and Hans Olsen up top in the booth, and Tyler Batty is on the field popping on the headset. Uh, Tyler, thanks for taking a minute. Uh, your thoughts on, on a, a game that was going BYU's way through 30 minutes, and I know that the second half got away a little bit, but it happened kind of quickly too. Um, how do you look back on the way this feel like a tale of two halves? Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I think, um, right, looking back at the game, there were some moments that we want back, right, uh, as, as a team, and we, uh, you know, yeah, uh, wanted, wanted a little different outcome there. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot to learn from here. You know, Tyler, you guys did such a good job of, of stuffing up the run and at least making it more difficult for Kansas to move in the first half. Second half, they started to get off the edge a little bit with their options and their slants and even some of their power game. What changed? What was it that changed in the second half that got their run game really functioning? Uh, just missed assignments, right? That's, uh, that's what it comes down to. Everybody doing their 111th, making the right read and, and showing up when needed. And, and we weren't, we weren't doing that, right? That, I think that was something that we were doing more consistently in the first half. And so when they came out with some adjustments in the second half, uh, it was a little tricky on us to adjust accordingly. Kansas ends up with, uh, 221 rushing yards today. And, and that's the most uh, by any team this season. Arkansas was at 177, and KU took it up a notch today. Uh, what, what, what do you think the, the, the run game defensively, the defensive part of the run game, will need to, to work on and tighten up moving forward, Tyler? Right. That starts up front. That starts uh, with the D-line, right? That starts with us. And so that's, uh, that's, where, that's where we're going to go to right now and, and figure out what we need to improve and, and how we need to do it so that, yeah, with the, with the games the rest of the season, uh, teams teams aren't able to run the ball um, when they want to, and so uh, I think I think that's the biggest thing. Just make sure that guys are playing gap sound and uh, doing their job right. At the end of the day, that's that's really what it comes down to. You know, I had an opportunity to talk with Darius Lassiter a little bit about this, and and I want to get your thoughts on it, Tyler, because you've been around this program and you've been playing in Independence for a bit. This is your first loss in a conference since you've been with BYU. How different does it feel now? Now you get this loss, but you're still in a conference. You're still in the conference race. Do you feel different that it, that this loss occurred in a conference? I, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't say so. You know, I think uh, in the past we had, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit more right in independence to to get recognition or to get what you know we were looking. We were looking for right uh, certain outcomes. Right, independence. We didn't have the perks of being in a conference, and so. Um, I think the team is used to saying, "Hey, we won. Uh, you know, one losses. You know, it's the same. It's the same in independence. It's the same in a conference. Uh, it's not something that we want, right? Ever. But uh, I think the team's going to respond in a really good way, and and uh, you know, I think we'll still see a lot of success this season. No takeaways for the BYUD today, and that was uh, something you've been able to rely on a little bit. Was was a sudden change plays, and they just they just weren't there today. Yeah. Uh, again, that was. That was something that, again, just I would say uncharacter and uncharacteristic of this new defense. Um, that's that's something that we we think and say is part of our identity. And so, again, that's gonna that's gonna be something that we're really gonna focus in on this week and see see what happened when we turn on the film and and how we can change that. So we do have those explosive plays. So Tyler, you now played against KJ Jefferson and Jalen Daniels, two quarterbacks in back to back weeks. Um, walk me through some of the differences. How different is Jalen Daniels, and, and what was it that, that seemed to make him a little bit more difficult to contain? 
Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a really athletic guy, right? And and he he knows that, so he uh, he can get he can get himself out of some tricky situations. I think we only brought him down on the backfield once today, and uh, and so he's just yeah, he's a really uh, hard to bring down in a different way than KJ Jefferson, right? Um, he's just he's really quick, really fast, um, and uh, yeah, just athletically is is really. Um, you know, is really gifted, so he can he can move when he wants to, and and he yeah he knows his abilities, and so um, he's able to make plays with his legs. Tyler, uh, we thank you as always for the time, and I know that you're excited to get back home, even though it's a short week. Uh, there will be a certain energy that comes with playing a Big Twelve home opener on a Friday night at Lavelle, and you've got that coming up this week. Yes, sir. Thanks for the time, Tyler. Hey, thank you guys. All right, Tyler Batty, we'll continue with our post game coverage from Lawrence after this on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with more Cougar post-game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 38-27, Kansas over BYU still to come. Kalani Sitake and the Cougar post-game coaches show, the BYU Creamery Cougar post-game coaches show. Let's get to the uh, Big 12 scoreboard before we do much more. And uh, interesting scores. It's only week one on the full day of league play. But West Virginia... Defeats Texas Tech by a score of 20-13 to 13 in Morgantown. And as a result, West Virginia is now 3-1 and one overall and 1-0 in Big 12 play. Texas Tech falls to 1-3, 0-1 in the Big 12. Of course, the BYU-KU score, KU goes to 4-0, 1-0 in the Big 12. BYU falls to 3-1, 0-1 in the Big 12. And KU, by the way, is now 4-0 in consecutive seasons for the first time since KU went 4-0 in three straight seasons from 1913 through 1915. TCU played out of league today as they opened league play already with a win, and uh, they defeated SMU 34-17. They go to 3-1 overall and remain 1-0 in Big 12 play. Oklahoma went to Cincinnati and beat the Bearcats 20-6. Oklahoma goes to 4-0, 1-0 in league, and Cincy falls to 2-2, 0-1 in league, and Cincy will be in Provo on Friday night. Underway, in fact, just uh, getting close to the end, Oklahoma State playing at Iowa State. Oklahoma State has the ball down 34-27. They have a second and 10 on their own 36-yard line. So Iowa State 34, OSU 27 late in that one. And that's the Big 12 opener for both teams. Iowa State 1-2, and two, Oklahoma State 2-1 and one overall coming into the day. Houston playing out of league, taking on Sam Houston, BYU season opening opponent. And Sam Houston with a 7-3 lead in the first quarter. Later on tonight, Texas will play at Baylor. UCF will play at Kansas State in all of those teams. Big 12 openers as well. Hands, your thoughts on the Big 12 results today? Oh, Sam Houston running through the Big 12 isn't the best thing. That, uh, you know, if, if they are able to get that win against Houston, that's going to be tough because Sam Houston showed so well against BYU. That's a really good defense, Greg. That, that Sam Houston defense is a really good defense. They're potent. What did you say Houston's put on them so far? Oh, it's just 7-3, but it's midway through the first quarter. So. Okay, so it's just kind of an early start, but that's yeah. a good defense. Um, outside of that, I just feel like things are so wide open. I feel like this conference is wide open. Yeah, you've got your conference leaders, but you look at the next three opponents for BYU, Cincinnati, TCU, and Texas Tech, and you've got a bye week mixed in there. This is what I love about conference play. You know, my, my, my day job is covering college football. That's what I do for a job. I cover college football. 
and I've been covering conferences, whether it's the Mount West Conference or the Pac-12 Conference, and it's just always a different feel than independence. I love the fact that BYU is in the Big 12 because I look at the Big 12 with all the scores you're just talking about, all the teams, and I'm like, it's not over. There's nothing over with this. You could string together a Cincinnati win, a TCU win, and a Texas Tech win, and then you're looking at it like, oh, yeah, they're 3-1 and one in conference play. They're headed on the road to Texas. I'm hoping that when you head to Texas, you're 3-1 and one in conference play with an opportunity to take the conference leader down on the road on their field. That, that's why I ask these guys. It, it's, it's different from a broadcaster's perspective. It, it, it is. And so when you ask me my feel or my take on this conference, it's open. BYU just needs to figure out their run game. They need to not turn the ball over. And they're going to be in games. They can compete with anybody. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. I think what we'll do is this. We will come back and uh, throw another segment of Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live at you and then hold tight for Kalani Sitake. And we'll still have two segments of our BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show still to come. By the way, BYU's schedule does go like this. Uh, Cincy at home on Friday, then comes the bye week, and it comes early relative to some recent bye weeks for BYU. So BYU will have the open date on October 7th. So after this home opener on Friday night, BYU will next hit the road October 14th at TCU. And that will start a seven-game stretch to end the regular season. So home to Cincy Friday, then the open date, then at TCU. Home Texas Tech, back-to-back roadies at Texas at West Virginia, back-to-back home games, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Now you're into November, and then at Oklahoma State to end BYU's first ever Big 12 campaign. We'll come back with another segment of Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With more Cougar post-game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so BYU falls to Kansas by a score of 38-27. BYU led this game 17-14 at halftime. It was a 14-3 third quarter that turned the tide in this one. And we come back to the, uh, the, the minus three number in the turnover margin tally, and uh, that's a decisive number today, especially when you consider the fact that, uh, you know, two of the turnovers don't just lead to scores. They are scores. And uh, Ralph Sokolowski notes uh, that the 21 points off of turnovers by KU today tie for the most in a game under Kalani Sitake. And not surprisingly, the last time it happened where BYU allowed 21 points off of turnovers, BYU lost that game too. It was to Utah State in 2018, 45-20 in that game. And that was Utah State scoring 21 off of turnovers again. And today, 21 points off of turnovers, including a scoop and score and a pick six. When you're stacked against a team that's as good as Kansas is, that is an impossibility. It's a near impossibility to overcome. And watching Kansas dominate once they got that lead, what was it? You said it was an eight-minute drive or, or a seven-minute drive. Which one? The, the finishing drive where they took all the time off. Oh, yeah, the, the one that ended the game was six minutes and 29 seconds. They got the ball with 8.02, and they kicked the field goal with 133. BYU at that point was just a possession away from tying up the game. 
Now, they needed to get the touchdown and the two-point conversion, but that's a lot of time on the clock to put the defense out there, even with only one timeout. It's a lot of time on the clock, and it just showed how dominant Kansas was. So as dominant as that is, you cannot give them any extra possessions, let alone three extra possessions, two of which ended up in quick six points. And it was the first possession of the second half uh, because BYU got the ball to begin the second half because they deferred after winning the coin toss. And they had to feel great about the 17-14 lead. You score on your first drive of the second half. You're up double digits on the road. But uh, not only do you not score, you, you're, you're, you're trailing the next time you see the football. And, uh, and there were just enough throws. There were just enough off and, and batted balls and balls tapped up in the air. And uh, KU had a lot of looks. In fact, they dropped another pick six. Um, that, that would be pick six in this game as well. They actually, I think they dropped two, unless you're talking about the same one I'm thinking about, the Chase Roberts deep ball in the end zone. Chase came no, back. No, did not think of that one. And no. the co- corner had it, and Chase basically had to bat it out of his hand. So there were some other picks that were out there for Kansas to bring down. And um, BYU was lucky to get away with the ones that they, they had at that point. But I, I actually felt like the corners were jumping routes, that they were playing a little bit tighter that they did make it a little bit more difficult. And then I saw some coverage things on Isaac Rex. You saw the man coverage with the linebacker that pressed on Isaac Rex a couple times in the second half. I really felt like the adjustments made a difference for Kansas. All right. uh, A short time ago, Lance Leipold spoke with the media here in Lawrence. Our thanks to our audio engineer, Doug Olson, for getting these comments from Coach Leipold. And I think we are ready to go. Let's hear from Coach Leipold right now. Kobe's a competitor. You know, I kind of joke, you know, they, they play this shadow boxing game or something Dug. like that or whatever. I don't know what it, exactly what it's called. And and then right before he went into meetings, I, I, I challenged him to rock, paper, scissors. And, of course, he beats me two out of three and then goes running in. I mean, he'll compete in anything at any time. He likes to win. And, um, you know, he took the challenge. You know, you know, he didn't get to start a week ago. And, and uh, for, for him, the lightest guy on the field, probably making the biggest hit of the day. And to, to really set the tone uh, says a lot about him. He's been making big plays here um, for three years now, and uh, it's great to see. I, I thought overall it was uh, not just by turnovers and opportunities. I thought it was our, um, without really grading the film and everything, is our most physical and uh, playmaking uh, game by our secondary since since we've been here and uh, to see them play that way was uh, was really fun to watch. Yeah. What did you think of the state that cost the fumble because the crowd seemed to love it every time they did Yeah, it kind of happened in front of me said but you know it's you, you know when it when it's that close it's like a, a darn near a blur, you know, and then all of a sudden bang you you hear it and then the ball's on the ground and you're seeing it it's you know and, and then I'm making sure we don't get a celebration penalty or something and I missed the replay so Maybe I'll watch the news tonight or something for him. Okay, but uh, um, no, it's it was great. What a what a momentum deal! And then of course he makes the interception. Uh, you know, Kenny makes a you know an interception for a touchdown. OJ almost had one. I thought OJ Burrows, in in a, in a, cl- a quick glimpse, to me played some of his best football since he's been here. He's always had great ball skills, but he he showed up in in the run game early. Um, on Marvin Graham again, again. That's again. This is a good win, guys. It, it really is. Um, that's a good physical football team. They're going to win games in this league, and uh, it's great to get a home win like that. 
you mentioned both OJ and Kobe there. Mm -hmm. How much do you think those two guys show development? We'll, uh, we'll break out of Coach Leipold. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with Kalani Sitake and BYU Creamery's Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. That's after this two-minute break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The Postgame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Economics Partners, a national leader in business valuation services. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Kansas 38, BYU 27, and both teams' Big 12 opener. Head coach Kalani Sitake now joining us from uh, field level here in Lawrence. Uh, Kalani, thanks for the time. As always, uh, your thoughts on a, a Big 12 opener that goes the way of the home team after a really strong first 30 minutes. Things got away from BYU in the second half. Yeah, I, I, I mean, proud of the guys and, and the way they battled, um, but... You know, we, we definitely know we could play better than than, uh, than in how we did in that game. But we had our moments. We had our opportunities. And um, even with the mistakes that were made, um, you know, just, just really happy that the guys uh, uh, were physical. But um, not happy about the mistakes. And, and definitely really happy that our fans showed up and gave us a good presence. And uh, just, just disappointed we weren't able to come away with a win for them. Coach, this being your first game in the Big 12, obviously not the outcome you want, but the first game in the Big 12, how much different is this now? Being a part of a conference, suffering a loss, but looking at what's in front of you, does this feel different than first losses of other seasons? It does. I, I mean, and you could see it in the players and, and their demeanor and their faces that that we we know we didn't. I mean, give, give Kansas credit. They, they made the plays and they won the game, but we didn't help ourselves either. But there's still a lot more to play for. You know, we, we're still trying to get get our, our first win in the conference. We're trying to make a, a statement. We're trying to find a way to, to get bowl eligible. We're trying to do all these things and trying to get that fourth win. Um, I think the guys just know that we missed an opportunity, and, and so we'll never get this one back. But um, there's a lot of things that we can build off of it, and there's a lot of things that we are, that are fixable. I, I, I've said it, uh, Greg, to you earlier that, that we want to get better every week. Um, I, I don't know if we did, if we got better enough, better as far as the made enough progress from three, uh, third week to the fourth week, and that's my job. I, I got to do that. And but the, I'm proud, proud of the way the guys played. I mean, they're physical. They're, our guys are big, and they can play with these guys. So uh, the talent's there. We just this was, wasn't one of those games where they just ran away with it. We we, we were in the game, and and um, you know we'll, we won't get it back, but we can take it out on the next one. First game without a defensive takeaway uh, for BYU, and, and, and then you, when you balance that with the fact that they had three takeaways and scored on two of them, that's just a tough equation. Yeah, tough to win those games. And, and um, you know, you, you, we had the fumble return for a touchdown. I think that was the opening, opening drive that we had, the first drive, and then a pick six. And, and so on third and long, which is like just throw the ball away, and, um, and then we live and play another, another drive. You know, and that was... Uh, Unfortunately, the ball tipped around a little bit, and I, th I think maybe trying to force something too much, and, and um, just need everyone to do their job, one eleventh, and not not to do too much. I think if we can do that, we'll be in a better position. But 
defensively, we could not stop the run in the second half and get get off the field, and that's not gonna gonna work for us. So we we need to find ways to be more assignment sound, make tackles. I, I felt like we missed more tackles than I than I'm used to seeing. And uh, again, give credit to Kansas, but why are we missing tackles and why are we not stopping the run? So, Kalani, it's been eye-opening taking this job and being a part of the BYU broadcast and getting to know the BYU fan base on flights and in hotels and all places. And, you know, they're curious why this run game is not working. And this one's pretty tough. Nine yards rushing, and it just felt like it was broken. And people ask, is it fixable, and what is broken? Can you help me and and just the BYU fans understand why this run game isn't working right now for BYU? Well, they, they have every right to be concerned, and, and, and that's a concern of mine too. And um, there, there comes a point where we've got to figure it out and find ways to make that. You can't just be one-sided. I, I, I get we can throw the ball where BYU. We don't want to throw the ball 80 times, though. You know, but... but um, in terms of us, it's, it's missed assignments. You're seeing it, Hans. You're seeing the, 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 the things that we're missing. And it's like maybe it's the track. Maybe it's the timing of the blocks. There's a lot of things that go into it. We've got to figure that out because this is not what we're, we're about. This is not our style of football. We've, we haven't been able to struggle with a run like this in, in a while. So we've got to figure it out. And, and, and at some point, the players have got to, you know, buckle themselves in and get ready to play. And sometimes it's a matter of pride and, and, and get some knockback at the line of scrimmage. And, um, that, that's 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 just me speaking out of out of emotion right now. But we've got to find a way to get that going, and that it, it's it, it's uh, it's fixable. Um, and we, but there's a, there's a there's a piece of blame for all of it, and whatever it is, the fans have a right to be concerned. That needs to be fixed, and we need to fix it soon. Well, and that's what I keep telling people, Kalani, is yes, it is fixable because when I watch the film, for instance, I'll see a backside seal that doesn't seal. And the backside D tackle is able to get past that seal and makes a backside tackle. And if that's just sealed up, then that thing gets to the outside and bounces for 10 or 12. Or you've got an extra defender that comes up at the line of scrimmage and he fires the gap and nobody picks him up on the play side and he's in the backfield. Well, I look at that and I'm like, no, 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 that's fixable. You can pick that guy up and you can run him out. I look at the different issues that, like you mentioned, the assignments that are popping free or the, the assignments that aren't working, and I keep thinking, wait a second, those are fixable, but you get four games in and you start scratching your head like, okay, at what point does this thing turn? Because it's got to turn against Cincinnati, doesn't it, Kalani? It has to. I mean, we we, we are a better offense when we have a balance of things, to things. And, and when I say balance, that we can count on the run to be there for us. And so the simple answer is this. What do we hang our hat on? If we need some yards in the run game, what is it going to be? And right now I have a hard time answering that, and you can't answer it for me either, right? So we've got to find that out, and it's it's a matter of identity. What are we about, and what can we do in the run game? If we need to get some yardage, what's the run we're going to go to? And uh, if we don't have that identity figured out by now, then we've got to get things going by, by, by next, time, next time we play, which is Friday. We don't have an extra day, so here we go. We'll take a break. More from Kalani as we continue from Lawrence, Kansas. A note to our affiliates, our next segment with Kalani will be our final segment of the broadcast. We've completed our Cougar Postgame live segments. We'll have our second segment of Cougar Postgame Coaches Show and conclude our broadcast from Lawrence after this with Kalani on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, it is the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Kalani with us for one more segment. Uh, this note, it's the Economics Partners Valuable Stat of the Game. Brought to you by Economics Partners. Whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes, when your business needs a valuation, the right partner is Economics Partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. It is time for tonight's Economics Partners Valuable Stat of the Game. We're going to go with Red Zone. Uh, BYU falls today 38-27 to Kansas, but Red Zone is still perfect on the season, Kalani. BYU now 15 for 15 in the Red Zone. 12 of those scores are touchdowns. Uh, when you're getting a chance to score, you're getting something out of it, and that was a, a noted area you wanted to improve upon from last year to this, and so far so good through four games. Yeah, that, that was good. I, I just want to kick kick more PATs than, than field goals and, and just get more touchdowns. I think that would have been helpful for us in this game, but um, just really happy that whenever you can get points on the board, and, and, and I'm proud of the way Will's kicking the ball, you know, so... Um, and. Um, you know, we just want to make sure that we're in a position to have more success. I, I want to get in the red zone more than what we've had. So I asked this of, I believe it was Darius Lassiter and Kalani. I've been a part of a lot of different game plans, offensively and defensively, and I've lost teammates inside those game plans that make a big difference. And you know, a guy like Parker Kingston goes down in the beginning stages of this game. We saw how integral he was in that Arkansas game. I'm not looking for any type of excuses, but I've been a part of game plans. I know how important certain players are. How much did Parker Kingston have to do with the offensive game plan, and how much do you lose when he's not out there for four quarters? Well, we we know what he has, which is speed, and um, we weren't able to stretch the field as much as you know as we liked. But uh, the other the other receivers can run too, and 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 the, I think the key is the timing and getting reps with with the plays that we have when when you now you're running a receiver that's doing parker's uh, routes that have been parker's all week you know so um that's just part of the game we have to figure it out and and um you know we we put it we put a lot of points on the board we just shouldn't have given up so much and there's there's a blame to go all around i, I think all three phases we can improve on but um man i just wish we had it back again but you don't you so you got to move on and, and build off of it i saw a lot of really good things too um, there's got to be a lot more emphasis and urgency for us to get better at a quicker rate than, than we have been. Felt like the hardest hitting day for BYU in terms of guys in the tent, right? Yeah, that, that was tough, but we knew that going into this conference is going to be a physical game, um, you know, number of games. And uh, I think there's some guys that are banged up that probably got held out of this game that might make it back next week, uh, some that might not. So that that's uh, we have depth. We've got to move on to it. This is not the depth I wanted to test, you know, with safeties this early, but uh, we have capable players. It's a matter of getting our guys ready to go, and, and, and so everywhere across the board, our position groups are strong. We just need to uh, get the guys healthy, and, and if not, move on and get the guys that are ready to roll and, and eventually get those guys back. So, Kalani, is there any looking forward previous to this game, just what Cincinnati brings, or is that something where you just have to wait and tell me a little bit later, or or do you kind of know what you're looking for coming up Friday on a short week? I'm, I'm going to watch Cincinnati on the way home. I mean, this is a, I'm, I'm a one one thing at a time guy, uh, so I, I'm pretty sure all the coaches will try to get this one um, you know, graded and, and, make, and make corrections and then move on as soon as we can before we uh, go to church tomorrow and, 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 and keep the Sabbath day holy. The rest of the time we're going to be working 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to make sure that we're ready to go on Friday. So I, I feel we've done this before. You know, I'm excited to go home. I can tell you that is that. And, uh, they're excited to get back into the Lavelle Stadium. We we love having the the fans here. They were awesome. They're so good, and just really really want to win for them. And so now now we're going home and we get to see our fans at home and. Hopefully they can give us a, a little bit of momentum like uh, they've done all year long. You know, it was a special day. Even though the outcome wasn't what you or the team desired, you got to play a Saturday afternoon football game in a sold-out building at a place where they love football and had it count in the standings and kick off the Big 12 era. Big picture, I know it's hard to see it necessarily that way, but this was a special day, I thought, for, for BYU football. It was. I mean, there, there's always a time to reflect on, on the fact that we're in the Big 12 conference uh, obviously, we want to perf- be performing better, but um, I think we will. And and uh, it was a cool experience to be here in Lawrence, Kansas, and, and to, to be in the stadium and to hear uh, this environment, you know. And so it was good. It's good. This is a really good experience for our entire program, for a lot of the young guys. And, and um, now that we've been here before, uh, this isn't going to be so brand new next time we come back here in a couple of years. And and uh, we'll, we'll be really excited to welcome Kansas to, to Provo when they, they come play us next. So, Kalani, uh, I did want to get a comment from you on Keaton Slovis. 357 yards and, and a couple touchdowns. He was 30 of 51 and definitely put on some yardage. There were a couple of drives where he was just dialed in. Give us a, a thought on your general kind of outside open view of your quarterback's play in this one. Yeah, I thought the uh, obviously he wished he can have that, that that interception back for a touchdown, and and that was a third and long. It was uh, either throw this route if it's not there, throw it away. And I think he was trying to do too much, and and that's a that's a tough lesson to learn, but a good one. So I, I think he'll learn that. And and the other t- the inter- the other interception, he was trying to back shoulder throw when I think he could have uh, aired it out and given the cor- the receiver a chance downfield, but. Um, those are timing things, and 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 um, and he. It's him trying to be aggressive. I want him to be aggressive. I want him to be mindful of the ball, but that ball belongs to everybody, and it belongs to Cougar Nation. It does not belong to uh, to one person to to be reckless with. Now I want him to be aggressive, but there's a difference between aggressive and reckless. And and um, it, whenever it costs us points like that, especially when we're we're in a tough situation, and we have a really good punter that can flip the field for us. Uh, I think it's important that everybody understands that. But sometimes when guys get down and 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 they want to they want to stress a little bit too much, it just do your one eleventh. We don't need anyone to do any more than that, and that goes for every position, including the quarterback. But I'm proud of the things that he was able to do, the throw that he was able to make. We give him we need we need to do a couple of things. Give him more time so he can he can find the open receivers, and then we need to have a run game to complement. What he can do, so that they're not just have the the, the line is not just pinned back, ready to go after the pass on a pass rush. We need to keep him guessing, and we need a, a run game to complement all that. Coach, housekeeping item here uh, because it was declined, we didn't really hear the explanation. But they called an illegal touching again on BYU on Rex, who caught the ball. Was it the same call? Because I saw you talking with the side judge. Was it the same situation? Yep, it was the same situation, and and again that that's uh, we've we've got to fix that. I, uh, we we are checking with the refs every play, so I don't know how that's showing up. And obviously, we have a reputation of 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 not lining up correctly. So that's again, I'm the head coach. It's my fault. I, I got to fix that. But um, I want our players to have some awareness too. You know, that, like it's a matter of understanding football that you can't cover up a tight end, get off the line of scrimmage. 
check with the ref, and that's what we're, that's our protocol. That's what we do every down. Mitch, you've played a lot of football, and you've played that position. You know that. So I don't know why this is being an issue over and over and over again, and obviously it, it's too much. So I, I've got I've to I've figure it out, and this is not, not how it's supposed to be. So now you take a look at the um, – there was a, another miscue. There was a, a three-minute – um, break and then you're coming out of that three minute and you call the timeout. Is that something, Kalani? Is that something that's a lining lining up issue? Yep that 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 was the uh, that was an issue. And then we had the the um, break the huddle with twelve when that was a personnel issue that we're trying to go for two. Um, and so all those, <laughs> it's 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 a it, it, again those are not things that we that are that are supposed to. That's embarrassing for me as a head coach and should be embarrassing for our coaches that we don't get the right personnel called. We had the personnel called, but one player didn't hear it and uh, decided to go in the play- game. You, you just don't ever go in the game unless you know what the personnel is. And, uh, and that, that was a hard thing for us to, to you know, to see. And then the uh, the fact that we had uh, the wrong formation out there and um, didn't have enough time. It was just get the right call in. And so that's that's a, those are all coaching errors. That's not on the players. All right. The last thing then, Kalani, is the fact that you have a short week, but yet it'll be an energizing week with knowing that you've got a Big 12 home opener on a Friday night uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It'll be a special evening here this next week. Yeah, we love those Friday games and, and get it ready before general conference, you know. So uh, we, the, the, the good thing is come, I know we're losing, but we lost this game, but uh, the, the game the game is a day sooner, so we're excited for that. Kalani, thank you as always. Safe travels. We'll see you next week. Good luck, Coach. I right, love you guys. Go Cougs. Cougar Nation, thank you for showing up. Appreciate love you, brother. You love you. All right, that's Kalani Sitake, and that is tonight's BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery brings us inside scoop trivia, so here we go. You want to use the hashtag BYUCPL, hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Postgame Live, and you want to be the first person using that hashtag with the correct answer to this question. Who did BYU play? The last time BYU played a conference home game. Who did BYU play the last time BYU played a conference home game? The first correct answer using hashtag BYUCPL will win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. The hashtag is hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live. First correct answer wins two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. And uh, that's the question. So, uh... Do you think you know an answer on that one? I think I know. Okay, now now we've had a couple answers came in and and they want they said Utah already. Now, but that was the last game, but it was on the road. Last conference home game, home game. Can I take a shot at it? Yeah, Air Force. No. Oh come on! It is not correct. Uh, now we do have a correct answer, but my question is: Has Ryan Lundgren already won this year? Well, I'm sure that he has. Has he? Ryan Lundgren is the first correct answer. New Mexico. It was New Mexico back in the year 2010. That was the last time BYU hosted a conference game. So it was uh, the Utah game was the one on the road, and New Mexico was the game at home, and that was in the year 2010, and BYU won the game by a score of 40-7. to That was the last time that BYU played a conference home game. Hashtag BYUCPL, and Ryan Lundgren was the first answer in. So good for, good for Ryan. Well, it's going to be really nice to take this show back to the confines of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's going to be fun to get this thing back home. You can hear it in Kalani's voice. You can see it in the players. They need to get back home. This is a couple of back-to-back difficult long trips. It's just 
the facts. They were able to pull out a big one against Arkansas on the road. Kansas got them tonight, but get to go back to that amazing Cougar crowd now coming up this Friday. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right. Hands were close to wrapping it up tonight. We've uh, said goodbye to Kalani. All of the segments in our Cougar Postgame Coaches Show and Cougar Postgame Live have been present and accounted for. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think a few final thoughts from you uh, would be in order. We'll see if anybody on uh, on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL, has any other discussion, discussion points to bring up. But I thought that uh, Coach addressed most of the things that we had questions about. Uh, players did a good job of it as well. Uh, they did. So some things in football sometimes turn out to be pretty basic, and, and the turnover margin situation is one of them. Uh, the If you can't run the football and the other team can, that's another one. The, both of those things came to the forefront and were significant factors, decisive factors in the game today. A minus three in the margin and minus 213 yards in rush production. Uh, a big reason Kansas wins at 38-27. So, Greg, I've got a lot of feelings that are kind of coursing through my veins right now. And Are you in your feelings, as, the, as the kids say? I'm deep in my feelings right okay. now. <laughs> you know, people might hear my conversations with Kalani, or, or they might hear some of my thoughts and think, man, he's why, why, it, it's so negative. It, it's just it's negative. Well, I want people to understand that these are the conversations that the coaches have. These are the conversations that the players have. You have to have some pretty uncomfortable talks right now. There are things that are happening with the offense that, aren't okay we know that the layman knows it anybody who's watching football knows it if you can't line up and you've got 12 on the field in a given two-point play it's a bad look if you've got a covered receiver for a fourth consecutive game that's a rough look and so there's really tough conversations that you have to have if you can only garner nine yards against a kansas defense that was given up 130 a game that's a, that's a rough look. And I don't mean to have those conversations to be negative. I mean to have those conversations because I watch a BYU fan base that cares. Well, Kalani said fans or whomever have, have, have a right to be concerned about yes. the run game right now. And, and they do. And, Greg, I have been floored, shocked by being on the road with these BYU fans, being in the airplanes and being in the airports and being on the buses and and being in the ubers with them okay so this is this is a good point for a brief a brief a brief tangent okay i don't want you to totally lose your thought but let's let's just bring this up quickly is in in the course of our post-game coverage here so uh i came into kansas city earlier yesterday Mitch came in a little later in the day. By the evening, Mitch and I were both here. Jake was here. We were all here. Everyone except Hans. Hans was coming later in the night because you had a football game to go to. Your son, Tommy Rock, was playing, and you wanted to get a quarter or a half in. So you came in later. So we were already here. We were kind of letting you do your own thing. And because we let you do your own thing, we're just kind of counting on you to have your stuff together, have your act together, right, and know where you're, where you're supposed to go and where you're supposed to end up and all these things because you're a big boy. I'm a big boy. You've taken a few flights and stayed in a few hotels over the years. And we do keep you informed. We let you know what the plan is. Even if you're later than us, we let you know where to go. So Hans has a late flight, gets into Kansas City in the wee hours. It's really late. 
it's it's tough to get an Uber. It's so late, actually. And so uh, Hans, because he's the Pied Piper, I've, I've talked about this, he's the Pied Piper of the pigskin because BYU fans love him. If they see Hans, they want to talk to him. They want to take pictures with him. They want to eat with him. They want to give him Ubers. They want to share an Uber. And these fans said, Hans, buddy, we've got an Uber. You want to come with us? Uh, you're in Lawrence, right? Hans goes, yeah, that's what the game is. Of course I'm in Lawrence. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be in Lawrence? And yeah, so it's one in the morning. And so these these BYU fans who are headed to Lawrence because yep. that's where the game is decide to to give uh, Duke hands a solid and take him in the car and sh- and split the Uber. You're going to share the Uber with them. That's that's it. And and so hands gets the Uber to Lawrence <laughs> at two thirty in the morning this morning before he realizes that the hotel we're staying at is back in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, it's back an hour away. So. I- I made a crazy loop. Around <laughs> so, so Hans ends up in Lawrence, where the hotel he's staying is not. We're back in Overland Park at the hotel. We've told them that's where we're going to be. We didn't keep this from him. And, and, and the Uber driver ends up <laughs> taking him off the books and says, I'll get you back where you need to go. And bless his heart, he did. Drove me back an hour to where I came from. <laughs> so that's how the day began. I, I will tell you, it was great spending an extra hour with BYU fans that I had never met, and that was a real joy. And that's what prompted me into the tangent was the fact that you're talking about how great Cougar fans. Well, yes, they're so great that you'll 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 even spend an hour, an extra hour, with fans that uh, take you to the wrong city. I'm telling you, if my wife doesn't tell me to. <laughs> get my wallet in my pocket and put my head on my shoulders. I, I don't know how I even function. So I now know that I'm going to send Hans a couple of extra texts <laughs> for our next road trip, just making sure he ends up in the correct city. We're not in Lawrence. <laughs> We're in Overland Park. But my goodness, I just am impressed by BYU fans. The, the resources that they jump into, the money that they spend, the effort that they put in, it has been an eye-opener, Greg. I mean, more than when I was a player, more than as I've been a broadcaster over 17 years, these BYU fans, they deserve the answers. They deserve the insight. They deserve better play, better change. They truly do. And Kalani knows it better than anybody, and you heard it in his voice. They deserve it. Kalani knows that these BYU fans deserve it. He's going to put the time into it to get it corrected. Let's uh, let's before we wrap up, and we are in our final segment of the broadcast right now. Uh, but we have, but we still want some time to to hear what Cougar Nation is saying. Hashtag BYUCPL on the Twitter, and and respond to it a little bit. And, and we'll just throw a couple of comments that have come our way, and and have it prompt a little bit of discussion before we conclude here. Uh, Mitchell Jurgens has joined us in the booth now, um, from uh, the Twitter at Devin Crossley. Says the game was a good game at times and ugly at others. The worst was for turnovers for touchdowns. Yes, there were two of those. The second was not running the ball. The good thing was BYU scored and were competitive, so now fix the run game. The Big 12 was not going to be easy, but it will be worth it. Uh, the phrase quick fix has been talked about. Um, how much of what BYU is dealing with through four games hands is um, in the quick fix territory, or are there are there some, some 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 foundational things that need a different look, a different approach? Thousand percent, a thousand percent. And I would have told you. In fact, after the Sam Houston game, I told you that some of those procedural issues and some of the alignment issues, I said that's a quick fix. Those are quick fixes. I'm telling you, Greg, those should be tomorrow fixed. 
When I call a personnel group and you run out on the field and you're not part of the personnel group, you're in the wrong. When we've got a three-minute break and we're trying to get alignments and we can't get our alignments, you're in the wrong. When we're trying to line up the line and you're covering up my tight end, you're in the wrong. It's as easy as telling these players, if you can't do it, then I'm going to take you off the field. I'm going to put guys that will get in the stinking alignment, and we're just going to fix this the hard way if we got to fix it the hard way. So, yeah, Greg, I would say to you, they're easy fixes. But now we're seeing some of these things kind of happen along. But this one's tougher because these issues come in a loss. The other issues came in a win. Sometimes when the issues come in a win, and Mitch, I know you know this, and Greg, I know you know this over the years. Sometimes when issues come in the win, they're not as loud. When those issues come in a loss, uh, now you're, you're messing with my livelihood. So we're going to get this fixed now because we're not going to suffer another loss where I've got to look at 12 men on the field. Chris Butters on Twitter, how much does the transfer portal, he asks, have to do with the procedural issues BYU is having so far? Are there more transfers making more mistakes than returning players? How much of the novelty, I mean, you're four games in now. This is, they've been together for months. Um, is that any kind of factor, do you think, Mitch and or Hans? I think, I think that's, well, first off, it's kind of hard to answer because with a lot of these mental mistakes, we see them on the field, but... At times, we don't know who the individual is, right? We've talked about this um, illegal touching, and and to go back and find out who who the player is that's stepping on on the on the line of scrimmage, um, it, it, and I think it varies. So I don't know if it's if it's a single player, but one thing is for sure: it's you've got to have loud voices in the huddle um, that know what's going on, and people. I mean, people need to be on the same page. At least for us, like when a personnel group was called. You, I mean, you knew if you were the first guy up when that new position group came in, and and you knew exactly who you were pulling off. And there seems to be some, uh, obviously, some confusion there because whether it's personnel packages, people not getting on the line of scrimmage, it's a collective effort. But you need some loud voices on the field and in the huddle that know anything and everything that's going on because. Um, they they need to be the ones to help direct traffic almost and ensure we're not making those mental mistakes or that BYU isn't making those mental mistakes. So um, I I don't know who it is, but I, I do know for a fact that somebody out there or a couple guys need to step up and ensure that everybody's running in the right direction. Greg, and I'll just kind of add to that too. Um, I was the stinky kid back in in grade school, younger. I, I just I just had a weird odor. And when you're the stinky kid, everybody knows, well, he's the stinky kid. So if there's a bad smell in the room, it's like, no, it's hands. That's what happens with these alignment issues. These official, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> i got Shep over here is laughing at well, it, Shep, it, it's it, not fun being the stinky kid. Well, here's the thing. Let's just make a uh, full disclosure. It's nothing I've noticed at this okay. point. I appreciate that. I just, yeah. My wife cleans me up pretty good. You're, you're not the stinky man. But. <laughs> the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is the, the officials have seen this on film. The officials have been warned. The Kansas, About the stinky kid that covers yeah, up the tight end? Yes, exactly. The coaches say, hey, make sure you're watching this because we've seen it three times. It was called It was called the last three times what we saw it twice that it wasn't called. So make sure you're watching the alignment. And so they know where the stinky misaligned kid is. And they're paying attention to it. So you got to fix it all the way. You can't partially fix it. 
All right, uh, maybe a last couple thought or two from the Twitter machine before we uh, take leave and, and, and say uh, good night and good day. Uh, I've had a couple of tw- tweets come in about uh, the Parker Kingston hit, and I have to say I didn't even see it beyond live. I didn't see a replay. I didn't watch it at all. I only saw it live when he got rocked and the ball was popped loose and it was a scoop and score. A lot of people asked about the targeting, if there were potential targeting on, on that hit. Did any of you guys see a replay or enough to say that it was in the, in the ballpark? They didn't show a replay down on the field, um, but I, I do know, and, and I, uh, there, were, there were a couple of people talking about it um, down on field level as well. I know f- targeting is harder to call when it's a ball carrier yeah. as well. Um, and it wasn't so, a typical like uh, ball thrown it, over the middle, receiver goes for it, doesn't make the catch, and is hit or rocked yeah, like it's that. It's a defenseless yeah. receiver. This was a guy um, that was, came on a jet sweep, yeah. had a full line of vision. And it almost looked defenseless because the guy came out of nowhere uh, you know, came right through and, and surprised Parker. That's obviously yeah. led to the fumble, and it was a, it was a huge hit. Um, but I think that my, I mean, it, it almost looked like your typical targeting because um, it almost it wasn't a defenseless runner uh, because he had the ball and he he wasn't. I mean, he knew where he was going, but because it was so off guard, it looked like it. I, I'd have to look at. I have to go back and look at the replay because I, again, I never saw a replay um, if it was actual helmet to helmet contact. See that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. That that that's where this comes into play. Did the helmet contact the helmet? Yeah. Because, you know, you are a ball carrier, and it looked like he kind of had the helmet to the side. It would have been probably worth a review, yeah. just to look it, it, at it. it. Didn't yeah. get reviewed because no one, no one buzzed it down. Nobody buzzed it down. But yeah. if we really are concerned about players' health and concussions, then maybe just go ahead and take a look at it. And if the review shows that he had the helmet to the side and led with the shoulder pad and. He dropped the levels and did not intend to crack a head in half. Well, then we'll move on. But if we're in the business of trying to protect football players, then take a look at it. Take a slower look at it. And if you got to call it, call it and tell the defender you can't do that. And then he spins. Well, it was in the first half, so he wouldn't even miss part of, of, of next week. But he would probably learn a, a pretty good lesson. What I saw, it looked like he moved his head to the side. That That's what I saw, but... I did not see a very solid replay either. Um, it just looked like a good physical hit. It did look like the shoulder pad came up and under the face yep. mask a little bit. And, and remember, the, 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 the components of a targeting call are either you make forcible contact with the crown, which is the top of your head, or you make forcible contact to the head and neck area of a defenseless player. And that's where I think it comes into play is, did they judge Parker to be defenseless on the play? And the answer is likely not. Probably not. Yeah, and if it wasn't a crown situation either, that doesn't apply. So they may not have been you know, checking either box in that situation. The other thing I'd like to do, Greg, is I like to flip it around and just say, all right, well, what if that was Ben Bywater? Or, you know, what if, what if that was uh, Max Tooley? That hit, if I'd have seen it, I'd have been like, that's a good hit by Ben Bywater. That's a nice scoop and score. So it's it's kind of tough to put yourself in those shoes. Okay. The one last thing I would add to this is what defines a defenseless, defenseless player. And he wasn't a receiver. He was a runner in this case. And so the only one that really applies to him is a player who receives a blindside block. If they had judged Parker to be lit up by a blindsider, then they could have called targeting in this case. Um, then he would be judged to be defenseless. If you're a ball carrier, uh, the only way you can have a targeting against you if it's not a crown situation is if you are blindsided. And they judge that not to be the case in this case either. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, at Texas Colonel on Twitter said, could you, <coughs> could you see the BYU fans, since BYU were royal, 
like many of the local fans, or would it have been better if BYU were white? Well, first of all, BYU wants everyone to wear a royal for all games. That's that's always the MO. And I thought today the BYU fans still stood out because Kansas fans were kind of a mixture of red, white, and blue. There was a lot of red, white, and blue scattered, but I thought the BYU fans really jumped out in their royal. And by the way, BYU royal and Kansas blue are really close to each other. So I knew there'd be a lot of royal blue in the stands, but I thought BYU still showed out and were easy to identify, I thought. Yeah, and you could hear them. Uh, I mean, on field level, you, it was even though if it was hard to see, I mean, you could definitely see the BYU section because it was all blue. There was no red mixed in. Um, but you could hear them throughout, and, and I thought they represented really well in, in the times where BYU had momentum. The energy was on BYU's side. Um, it was evident that, and I'm, I, I know even me walking up here, Kansas, uh, there were people coming like, man, I did not realize how well BYU represents. And, and uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty typical for the way that BYU travels. But uh, they were, their, their presence was felt. It was a little bit harder to hear as the game went on. But, uh, um, yeah, they made their presence known. And as we know, uh, the element of BYU traveling also includes BYU drawing from the area that BYU plays in. Now, granted, some people will still travel from good distances to come to Kansas, but a lot of them are already here, and we see that at every venue. Uh, Andrew Garrett, having heard the saga of Hans Olsen's uh, middle-of-the-night travel escapades, tweets in, the next game is in Provo. If Hans needs a ride, let me know. (laughs) <laughs> so so thank you, Andrew, for that. I guarantee I'm going to find myself in Panguitch. <laughs> like, what? Why are we in Panguitch? And he'll come back. Uh, and Brenton, said, Brenton Farrell, our good friend, says, it was a breath of fresh air to stop my initial reaction, he says, of one loss, so the season's over, with the realization that a conference schedule allows for some continued hope. And that's the thing. You Now you're in it, and you get to scoreboard watch, and you get to check standings, and you get to see who's slotted into what bowl, and you get to see how long you stay in contention. It's, uh, it's, it's been a long time in coming, and it, that's refreshing as well. Well, I, I asked it of most of the guys yeah. that, that we talked to. Because, they feel different. Yeah, and Kalani was the only one that acknowledged yeah. it. Isaac Rex was like, no, nah, it feels the same. This is an ugly loss. And, and I get his point of view. I will just tell you from – where it is my day job, being a broadcaster and covering college football. That's my day job. It's what I do for a living. It's what I've done for a living for 17 years. It has been really difficult to cover independence past the loss. It was like, man, a loss would just pull the rug out, take the wind out of the sails. It doesn't feel that way to me. I can't wait to get back to Provo and see what they can do against Cincinnati. I can't wait for them to get the bye week heal up a little bit and see what they can do with TCU. I can't wait until they got Texas Tech. Can they get to 3 and 1? I'm all kinds of pumped. Because now you're fighting for all kinds of conference awards. Can Tyler Batty? Can he sneak into your all Big 12 first or second team? Can Keaton Slovis continue to gun it out and can he start to sneak into the quarterback competition? What what are these guys doing on a broad scale? How much do they correct themselves? I am fully engaged, and I can't wait to cover next week. And that is not the field that I've had in the past. What about you, Mitch? Yeah, no, same. And and when I think what's encouraging is, look, we could we could probably focus on a lot of of the struggles, the weaknesses, what we saw, um, the vulnerabilities of this BYU team that they didn't do well here, they didn't do well there. But at the end of the day, it was thirty-eight twenty-seven. They competed. Um, it didn't look pretty, but they fought back. This BYU team has proven that they know how to fight back. And and across the Big 12 scoreboard, 
um, there's not a clear team that is just running away with the Big 12. It almost feels like anybody can beat anybody. And so it's time to say, hey, look, we're going to learn from our loss. Um, but this is, I mean, we're, we're still in it. There's been one conference game, and it's, uh, it's an opportunity to go prove yourself again at home in a big game, a Friday night game, um, which is it's going to be under the lights late. BYU plays well late, and so they can get ready and get right back in this um, to compete for something bigger and better. And it's just encouraging. They should be licking their chops for an, another opportunity. But i got to tell you, with that comes a heavier placed emphasis on correcting the wrongs. Yeah. In, in the past, it was like, ah, oh, man, there goes the one. Well, if they had three more, they're still in this bowl. But now it's like, all right, now correct the ills. Correct them because you show up against Cincinnati and you have a procedural issue and it's a penalty that takes you out of the game. Man, that compounds and it feels really ugly because you're still in it. It's still a great season. It's still a big game. So I do think, Greg, it places heavy emphasis on these coaches to get those problems fixed now because you're still in it. Every game matters. Iowa State beat Oklahoma State today. Iowa State was picked 10th in the preseason poll. Oklahoma State was picked 7th. So we'll call that an upset by the preseason poll. West Virginia beat Texas Tech today. West Virginia picked 14th. Texas Tech picked 4th in the preseason poll. BYU and Kansas, both kind of lower-tier teams. Kansas 9 and BYU 11. It's not an upset, but Kansas picked as a lower-tier team. They may have more of what it takes to contend than anybody thought they did. Uh, yeah, I'll bet res- they do. The results are already all over the place in, in this conference, and you're only you know one-and-a-half weekends in. TCU opened last week, but the rest of the league got going today. Uh, this is going to be a fun ride, and I'm just glad BYU's on it. This team that we just watched, this Kansas team we just watched, they're going to give people fits. That quarterback, if he stays healthy, he is a major issue. That running game is a problem. When those corners make adjustments and push, they're really good. This Kansas team has every chance to beat that Texas team, that Oklahoma team. They could be a real problem. I look at it that way, too. If I'm BYU, I'm like, you know what I'd like? I'd like to see those guys back in the back Big 12 championship game. That if, if I'm on this team, that's what I'm thinking. Like, give me another shot at that quarterback. Give me another shot at that running back room because I feel like they got the best of me, but I think I can get the best of them. BYU is also saying, give us a shot at a Big 12 team on a Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium when the place is hopping, and they're going to get that chance Friday night against Cincinnati. We'll be on the air at 6 o'clock Mountain Time for the 8:15 kick. BYU and Cincy in the Cougs' first ever Big 12 home game. Let's wrap it up as we come up on the seven-hour mark of today's broadcast. We'll thank the crew back at BYU Radio. Engineers, including Barry Squires, hitting all the right buttons. We had Terry South as our coordinating producer. Seth Larson and Ethan Arkell and James Finlayson as control board operators and editors. Our stats interns today were Jonathan Hall and Talmadge Hilton. And thanks to Ralph Sokolowski for also chiming in with the statistical help via uh, the text as well. Thanks a lot to all the folks who are back home helping us get on and stay on the air today. Here in the booth, our broadcast engineers, audio engineers were Scott Sandstrom and Doug Olson. Great job as always by those guys. We had Jason Shepard joining us in the booth, at the booth, David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium here in Lawrence. Jake Murphy was our spotter once again. And have I hit all the uh, the high notes there? I think we've gotten everybody, except for the guys uh, on the headset right now. So that would leave the man to my far left. 
The guy that gets in Ubers with strangers, Hans Olsen. <laughs> the guy to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. And uh, that leaves me, Greg Grubel, saying thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. Of course, uh, the outcome, not what Cougar Nation had in mind, but uh, the Big 12 era is underway, and there were some high spots tonight that uh, really got us out of our seats, and better days are to come. Final score today is Kansas 38 and BYU 27 as the Cougs open Big 12 play in Lawrence. And now it's back home for Cincinnati Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So, once again, 38-27, Jayhawks beat the Cougs. In the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Lawrence, Kansas. Takes the swing pass in the right flat and takes it to the house. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio.